We Kate, these are the voyages of a teenage climate activist. Trapped in his house with nothing but a phone and a terrifying toy for company. Oh, and my family too. It's easy to forget that there's a world outside when we're all locked in. COVID-19 has been a very real feature of our lives for the past two months at least. Many people around the world are dealing with serious hardship and a real threat of the coronavirus has landed on so many. It is a truly strange time and one that has changed how the world works entirely, at least for now. And that's really what we wanted to look at today. How has the lockdown impacted on the world outside while we stay in? As I speak, we are in the day one of looser restrictions here in Ireland. The two kilometre limit on exercise has been widened to five kilometres. Elderly people will be allowed outside for socially distanced exercise. We all want to believe we are through the worst of it. But how did it all start? Dr. Shane might be able to explain it a bit better than I would. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Shane McGuinness, and I'm your resident zoologist. Just like everybody else these days, I'm talking to our producers in RTE over Zoom. So I hope you can all hear me clearly. Okay, so viruses are really cool things. They're not technically alive. They're not like bacteria and us and algae and trees and everything else but they can still manipulate, they can still change how life goes along. And that's where a virus really gets successful. Viruses can live in most living animals, especially wild animals, especially humans, obviously, as we know. The problem is when we start to interact with areas of animals that aren't used to interacting with us. So those viruses have been evolving for thousands or millions of years even to infect a particular animal. And that animal may have built up an immunity, a resistance against that virus that it's now used to, like bats or other mammals like pangolins, these cool scaly animals. The problem is when another animal like humans interacts with that animal that has that virus that isn't used to it. So where humans aren't used to COVID-19, the coronavirus, all of a sudden it affects us a lot more than it did to the bats or to the pangolin that it originated in. So it's not as simple, I think, as a bat just sneezing because you need to be beside the bat. So one of the big issues around this nowadays is how humans are behaving with wildlife because the bats were happy enough in their rainforest, the pangolins were happy enough in Malaysia or wherever they were from, the problem is when you bundle all those together into one particular place, and these are where these wildlife markets in Asia come in, because you're taking all of these wild animals that have all those different viruses that they're used to, putting them in the one place, and then putting lots and lots of humans buzzing around them all day, buying these animals. So in that area, that's where you might get a bat that coos or a bat that sneezes. You might even get a bat that maybe scratches some animal and drinks its blood like a vampire bat. And that's where the virus jumps from one animal to another. And it isn't always bats. Sometimes it can be pangolins. In fact, we think that the latest COVID-19 virus may have even come from two different viruses, one from a bat and one from a pangolin. And somewhere along the way, they combined and then they moved on to humans. Because the cool thing about this COVID-19 virus is that the virus in the bats can't actually infect humans that well. The virus in the pangolins can, but it acts in a different way. So what seems to have happened is that there was this combination between a bat virus and a pangolin virus, and that gave them the tools to then infect humans in a market somewhere in Asia. 
But this isn't the first time viruses have jumped from animals to humans. So this has happened before. In West Africa, quite recently, in 2013, there was an outbreak of a virus called Ebola. And again, we're not quite sure exactly where it came from, but we think it came from primates, from either small monkeys or maybe larger apes like chimpanzees. And that was a really big problem. And that infected lots and lots of people across Central Africa in around these moist, wet, warm places where rainforest also grows. But one of the benefits of that, I suppose, is that it didn't leave there. Now with COVID-19, it has gone all the way around the world and it's really, really good at infecting people. Thanks, Shane. Well... Given that we're talking about the virus, it might make sense to talk to someone who's researching a treatment for it right here. How about one of Ireland's foremost immunologists? Hi, I'm Luke O'Neill, and I'm a professor of immunology in Trinity College, Dublin. There's two things happening, I think, with the environment now, to be honest. The first one, as you probably noticed, is environmentalists have noticed the earth is healthier because of this virus. So carbon dioxide levels plummeted over China for the first two, two months of the year, you know, and that was because of the, the decrease in industrial activity. And secondly, a gas called nitrogen dioxide plummeted as well. And that's a very noxious pollutant that irritates people's lungs and does all kinds of nasty things to our bodies. And so to me, this is like a big experiment in a way that if we change, you know, activity in, 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 in a kind of more climate friendly way, we could well save the planet because it was amazing how those CO2 levels fell. Now, remember last year, we had the highest CO2 levels in 5 million years on Earth. To me, that was one interesting consequence of this in a way that, that the virus, you could say then, made us all sick to stop us killing the Earth. But I think for the future then, climatologists will use this as evidence that it is possible to stop damaging effects that we're having on the climate. And if we switch, obviously, to other fuel sources that aren't generating carbon, there could be a rapid response, but there's a potential for the planet to recover, I suppose. The other question there was this sort of humans interfering with nature in a way. Now, we don't think that's the case, but we know that bats, interestingly, carry loads of these viruses. And the average bat has about 500 different coronaviruses in its body. Isn't that amazing? And, and they live quite happily with it, by the way. It doesn't make them sick, you see. So the fact that this jumped from a bat into a human does tell us something. We shouldn't be eating these exotic creatures because they will carry viruses that might infect us. Like Ebola was a good example of this. So when humans began to impinge into the certain parts of Africa where humans hadn't been before, then they're getting exposed to these viruses that live there. You know, So that's, that's one consequence of, of expansionism in a way. The second great example of is Lyme disease, as you may be aware of that one. That's a very nasty disease caused by a bacteria that occurs in ticks in certain animals. And in America, when they began to build housing estates deep in the countryside in upstate New York, lo and behold, lots of people began to get Lyme disease. So there are consequences of this human activity that can involve infectious diseases being more common. And maybe this coronavirus is an example of that because we shouldn't have been going near these bats, really. So again, that's one consequence of, um, of humans doing things that they shouldn't really be doing again. It's clear that the earth needed a break and despite all the terrible impacts of COVID-19 on people, the planet is doing a little better. Dolphins swimming in the canals of Venice as the waters clean up. The ringed plover, a small bird that nests on the ground, has returned to Bull Island for the first time in decades. The lack of humans there made it safe again. So if it's in your new 5k and you walk your dog there, make sure to keep them on a leash. Dr Shane would agree. As terrible as it is for humans, the COVID-19 has actually been really good for the environment. So the planet has kind of had a bit of a break. It's now starting to breathe again. The air is clear. You can hear birds singing. You can see bees around a bit more nowadays. Ecolution. Fossil fuels are one of the main factors influencing climate change. 
We use them to power our houses, our industry, and to fuel our cars and planes. But right now, even with the limits on travel being relaxed, there are less cars on the road and it is very rare to see a plane in the sky. However, the oil continues to be taken out of the ground. At this very moment, there are over 160 million barrels of crude oil floating on supertankers in the world's oceans. Why? Well, with no one flying or driving, the oil has nowhere to go, no one to use it, and it feels so weird to think that money made from all of this oil has been put on pause along with the rest of us. Lucy from the Phoenix Park Fire School has some good ideas on how we might all best use this pause. I think in lots of ways that although it's a horrible thing that's happening, the gift from this time is that people are being invited to slow down and to spend time with their family. Really, I think people's appreciation for nature and what it can offer us is being really amplified at this time. Although I understand that not all humans around the world are destroying the planet. It's definitely something that our species in the West has kind of become okay with happening. For me, it's like this invitation to be still and to observe the natural world at a time of the year when nothing is actually still. That's like one thing that I've kind of noticed people saying of like, oh, the world is so still. And it's like, the world is like so busy, but it's the natural world. The birds are flat out. Oh my gosh, they're up at the crack of dawn and singing and building nests and all the new cubs are coming out of their homes. And it feels like the woods and the plants are on like super drive to build like the nettles are growing more and more each day and the sap in the trees is flowing and pumping so fast for me spring is a time that's anything but still but we're being invited to be still to be able to observe this and to really take stock and to listen right now this is a time to be really deeply listening to the natural world and to what lessons are coming to us through this pandemic. Our world seems a lot smaller. Every day we see a small circle of people and outside space. Well, maybe it would be a good idea for us to stretch those limits, to squeeze all we can from the north, south, east and west of our homes. Hi, I'm Lala and I'm 10. I'm Freya and I'm 8. We live in Mayo. We moved from the city only a while ago and the difference has been huge. It's lovely here in Mayo and you only have to step outside your back door to see something wonderful. We are out in the countryside. We live beside a lake and there's loads of lambs around here and cows and loads of chickens sometimes. A normal day for us is we get up, we do our work and then, well, we get a bit of a break and me and Freya usually do the same thing. We go down the lane and there's always a lot of nice wildlife so we see what we can see. Because we're only allowed to go two kilometres, it's amazing what you can see in two kilometres. All the pheasants and deers and lots of different types of birds and if you don't know the types of birds, you can just, like, look them up when you get home and it's a good thing to do when you're bored it's sort of hard being out of routine with the whole coronavirus but one good thing 
is now that we get more time, things sort of slow down. There's been a few times when I feel like I want to get out. It can sometimes be very annoying, like, play with me, Freya, play, 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 play. It was like, no, I want to do this, I want to play soccer. But they're like, no, I want to play dolls or something like that. Or, Freya, can you do my makeup? And it's like, no, I want to do something else. But I, I'm kind of lucky that I have a lake beside me, so I can just get out of the house and walk by the lake, and then no one follows me. So over the last few weeks, we've been trying to see what we can do. Because of coronavirus, we're only allowed to go two kilometres out of our house. We've been learning about the past, about what games people used to play. We've been doing things you can see in nature, like nature walks, and that's always a fun thing to do. And we've been doing canoeing, uh, going out in the lake. So two two kilometres east, two kilometres west, two kilometres north, two kilometres south. It's amazing what you can do when you have a little time. That's why we've been doing this to demonstrate what people can do during this lockdown. We've been doing so much of this lately that our dad's going to make it into a programme and we're going to put it on the homeschool hub to show that you can't really be bored even if you don't have a garden or things. There's always something you could be doing. My favourite thing so far in making this programme was probably the kayaking. I love going down the Lambs Island in the boat. A good lot of things are coming back. The leatherback turtles are coming back into Thailand and the pink dolphins are coming back. While we're here, it's good to know that something is benefiting from coronavirus. Life is a delicate thing, yet it can find a way to thrive in the hardest of spaces. Such a great idea. Watch out for 2K From Home on the Homeschool Hub podcast next week. We kids are the ones with least control of things most of the time. And now everything feels out of control. So let's have a look at how things are at the top and the bottom. First up, our friend in New Zealand. My name is Alo. I'm nine, nearly ten. And I live in New Zealand. Like the rest of the world, we're in lockdown. In some countries it may be different. We're only allowed to leave our houses if we need to go to an essential service like the bank or the supermarket like me who is going in between two houses you're only allowed to drive it like in between those or to an essential service every day i wake up really early and get myself some breakfast then um i wait for everyone else to get up i plonk myself down the sofa and eat my breakfast and watch some uh, um, TV. Then, when everyone else is up, I have a shower, put on my clothes, brush my teeth. Usually after that, it's kind of like question mark on what will happen. I often read in that question mark time, but sometimes there's something else, like if the neighbor wants to talk over the fence. Well, sometimes you go on a walk um, during the day. Usually I just sit down on the couch and wait a bit before um, kind of just walking around a bit. Then um, dinner's ready. It's uh, nice to have a chance to be together a lot. Jacinda Ardern is the Prime Minister. She is a mother. She's very smart. She got us into stage one, stage two, stage three, and now stage four at a good time. If we had been even just a day later going into those stages, a lot more lives would have been lost. Now, let's go look at the very opposite end of the earth. 
you can't get a whole lot more north than Anchorage, Alaska. It lies just south of the Arctic Circle. Hi, I'm Serenity. I live in Alaska and I'm 12 years old. I see mountains outside my window. Basically, there was one case here in Alaska, so then um, everyone started to freak out. Then we had to go into lockdown, but it's not that bad. We can still leave our house and go to places, just we have to wear masks and stuff. They don't suggest you should have any um, friends over or any parties or host anybody at this moment. So I kind of do school most of the day, then I go outside. I mean, it doesn't make me very happy because I don't want to be stuck in the house forever. I like uh, to do swimming, that won't affect it that much, so, because there's lakes and stuff. When the sun's not out, it's really cold, but then it gets warmer when you get used to it, but when the sun's out, it's like really warm. Like if you even want to walk into a little bit of a river, that's really cold, so don't go too deep though. Like in one part of Alaska, you can go to one part of Alaska and see the Arctic Circle, or there's a sign that says you're in the Arctic Circle, so we're very close. It's really cold, but at some points it could be kind of like up in the 20s during the winter, but it all depends on what the weather decides to be, but I mean, climate change, well, I don't think it's that bad because I don't understand it that much, but because I don't really focus on it most of the time, but I've heard of it, so. It's gotten warmer from what I know, and it's not as cold during winter. We don't get as much snow, but sometimes we get a lot, but mostly we don't get much. In school, we learned a little bit about it and how it affects the habitats of animals. When I think about the future, I usually think about the type of job I'm gonna get and what I'm gonna do with my life, so, and it makes me happy. I would go get a job as a lawyer and try to live my life. COVID-19 doesn't make me scared. The fact that I can't go anywhere much. I also miss school because there's tons of people there. But do you have a question for the kids of Ireland? I kind of wonder how they have to do, you know, quarantine there or how they have to stay in their house or how the rules are there. Well, let's ask one. Hi, I'm Evie Kenny. I'm 12 years old and I live in Dublin. I usually wake up to my mum um, and I go downstairs and we usually do the online Joe Wicks workout. And that's just a nice way to start your day. It like, gets your body active and your mind as well. It might help my brother with his homework for a little while and then I'd start mine. I'm currently working on a story for Fighting Words, a competition that they're doing about lighthouses, which is really interesting. I understand like they have to do it because without it, like things will just get worse and worse and death rates will just go up. But I feel as well like everyone is so alone and people need to feel like they're not alone. And people that are isolating by themselves must feel so awful. Like I miss my friends, but of course I FaceTime them every day or <laughs> a couple of times a, a week at least. But I feel like people aren't really, like they're not going out and consuming. People are using online shopping as an outlet for their consuming. But also like nature is getting a break. The birds are having time to rest. People are now understanding how bad things are. You know, like if we work on it, then it's, we'll get rewarded. It's like we're saving ourselves, if you know what I mean. I just feel like people are learning to work together as like a society and learning that things need to get worked out. 
I wonder what each of them is most looking forward to after COVID-19. The thing I'm most looking forward to when this is all over is seeing my friends again and maybe seeing my teachers and saying goodbye to them before I go into secondary school. Getting back out to the world and not being stuck at home. Seeing my friends. The thing I'm most looking forward to when I'm in lockdown is um, seeing my friends again and being able to go places and do things. Seeing my family again and going back to Dublin and seeing my uncles and my nanny and granddad and see if they're okay and stuff. Everyone feels the same. The thing this has taught us most of all is that we need each other, a sense of community shared. We're not suggesting that everyone's experience of this is the same. People who are older, poorer, or with underlying health problems are being affected way more during the pandemic. But it's interesting to hear how kids are getting along, how we are all sharing this moment to think about the world. And there's a lot to think about. Despite the lockdown, planes grounded and cars parked, we are still on track to only reduce our carbon emissions in 2020 by about 5.5%, which seems tiny, even though it will have the greatest reduction in decades. We all have a responsibility to play our part, whether that's through reduce, reuse and recycle or changing how we live. But with COVID-19, we've been forced to change and still the impact doesn't seem as great as we'd wished for. Why? The power we use is still hugely based on non-renewable fossil fuels. Cows continue to fart and oil refineries continue to take oil from the ground. What this does is offer us a chance to protest. Even though we stop driving and flying, it's not enough. We need the fabric of society to change. And for this, we have to tell our leaders it's what we want. And they need to change. In Amsterdam, the government there has committed to a thing called the donut economy after all this is done. What that means is that businesses will no longer be expected to grow without thinking about their impact on the world. Instead of profits, the main aim will be to make a living in a way that is sustainable for everyone. Which sounds like a route I'd like us all to take. Also, mmm, donuts. Well, sorry, I may be green, but donuts. That's it for this episode. Stay home, keep safe, and let's mind each other, along with the planet. Evolution was produced by Nikki Cotton for RTE Junior Radio.